You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Ng. Joyce, what a week. Uh, we could talk about Best Actress again, and we're going to start with Lady Gaga, who is a shock Best Actress winner at the New York Film Critics Circle last week. Uh, just what a time to be alive, what, Joyce. Like, just, this is exactly what we needed in this race. And, you know, I, I actually had a feeling that, like, maybe she could win, like, one of the big three, because, you know, regardless of all <laughs> the reactions to the film itself, like, everyone agrees that she's the best part of the film. Yes, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, too, was not super surprised. I was, uh, we had talked, we did a little preview of it, uh, and I was like, oh, we didn't talk about Lady Gaga. We talked about Ben, actually, right? Like, was our big... Uh, our, our boy, Ben, who now has, like, a, a Twitter FYC going on with a, a compilation of his best clips from The Last Duel, yeah. Which I, I absolutely want to get to, because uh, <laughs> we need to bring in Ben into this into this conversation. Yeah. But, yeah, I was like, like you said, like, I think while maybe... Uh, I think it definitely was the biggest... Uh, when they announced Lady Gaga was the winner, the, maybe the biggest shock of the, the winners from the New York Film Critics Circle, which... Uh, is maybe an austere group you think, and like they're going to be like a little more highfalutin. If you look at other people who won, it was Benedict Cumberbatch and Cody Smith McPhee won Best Actor and Supporting Actor for Power of the Dog. Jane Campion Best Director for Power of the Dog. Uh, I, who won? I, I, I got to look here. Catherine right Hunter won Supporting Actress. Right, Catherine Hunter Supporting Actress for yeah. Macbeth, and then Lady Gaga just like blaring away. And I, obviously, everybody's vote counts the same. But if we would have thought about it, I think. Uh, Stephanie Zakarik, who's the critic at Time, wrote a glowing uh, review of Lady Gaga. Yeah, the, there, there were a lot of tea leaves for her win. Yes. <laughs> and St. Jordan Hoffman, who's the vice chair, also was tweeting about how she just is like, it, 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 you know, explosive performance. So it's like yeah. a lot of major support on the New York Film Critics Circle group for Lady Gaga. So I'm not totally surprised that she won. It is absolutely the probably the best thing in the movie no offense to our boy jared leto who i still have winning and think he should he'll get nominated but i'm like she's awesome in it it is definitely the top line thing and yet joyce best actress is so crowded i still have i'm having a tough time getting her in so this is like hilarious because like last week i watched uh parallel mothers finally oh, oh how was that i'm and it was good yeah um good. great use of color in the film and okay. is great um and then I was just kind of like, you know, maybe because I felt bad dropping Penelope a couple of weeks ago to put in Alana Haim. Yes. And then I was, I was like, I just don't have room for everybody, you know? So then I was like, I want to get like Penelope back in there. And then, so then I dropped, like, I literally dropped Gaga on like Thursday last week, the day before you, he won. You I know, and then now in? I'm like, I do want to put Gaga back in there. And I guess I'll just drop Penelope again. So actually, I'm a liar. I just looked and I do have Gaga back in okay. and I did drop Penelope. So <laughs> I guess I'll do that. I am. Yeah. Here's my here's here's my five right now. I just pulled it up. Uh, apologies okay. to myself for, for not remembering what I picked. I changed it so much. I mean, you you did say last week you had Rachel Zegler in for 30 seconds. I have her back. So here's my list now. I, because she I, won NBR. <laughs> <laughs> right. We, uh, Rachel Ziegler was the winner of MBR and obviously has made a great impression on West Side Story. I have Nicole Kidman, who we'll get to shortly for being the Ricardos, still in first place for me. Uh, I think she has a very strong shot of winning. Kristen Stewart in second for Spencer. I, I had to put Olivia Coleman back in for Lost Daughter. 
I feel oh, like wow, you dropped Olivia. I had her in. I, I put her back though. I, I I have her in now because okay. uh, I just feel like that's going to have a good come around, and because it's actually even though ever most people have seen it either in the festivals or you know, screeners or whatever, uh, it does feel like that's going to have a comeback as it comes to Netflix at the end of the year. And I think people are going to be very impressed with her performance. And then I have Rachel Zegler instead of Alana Haim, because I was like, I think one of them actually could get in. I don't think both of them can get in. And I think West Side Story is a stronger best picture contender than Licorice Pizza, though it's close. So I put her in and then I have Lady Gaga in just for the pure chaos of it in fifth. Uh, That would be an amazing lineup. And I'm still, like you said, I'm out on, uh, Jessica Chastain, who I love, Penelope Cruz, who I love. Those are that they're actually fourth and fifth in our combined odds. I was just looking. So it's Kristen Stewart, Nicole Kim, and Coleman are the top three. And then Chastain and Cruz, Lady Gaga on sixth, Segler seventh, Haim, eighth, Jennifer Hudson, who I had in for a hot second, nine, Frances McDormand, 10 for McBeth. Yeah, like we we talked about this on Friday, right? Like the yes. top 10 is stacked, even it's beyond unreal. that. Yeah. <laughs> unreal. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, I was like, I'm still like, I'm trying to figure out how to get Jennifer Lawrence in for Don't Look Up. I know that's impossible at this point, but I'm just like, <laughs> man, she's so good in it. I don't know. You just, you just really want that comeback. I do. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I'm just like, I, I, this is a, this is too crowded. This category. We didn't even mention Tessa Thompson and Amelia Jones for Coda, Jodie Comer for The Last Duel. Ugh, I wish. <laughs> so many. So yeah. So that was it. So Lady Gaga. Uh, getting a great boost. I, I just, I just dropped Penelope again for Lady Gaga. This is, so, I'm so, I'm so fickle. Uh, well, and Penelope's in fifth in the combined odds. I, I still haven't seen Parallel Mothers. I think I'm supposed to see in a couple of weeks, but uh, remains very likely that she would get. I don't know. I still think she could get in. What if there's like a tie and there's actually six? Can that happen, Joyce? No, they, they're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, it could be a tie for the winner. What, what if they make it ten they, nominees just for this? That's I I am not a fan of expanding anything. Like I'm I'm having a hard time filling out my ten for best picture, which I also like have to change. Um, I do think if it was bigger, you we would feel less. I think it's more fun to like try to slot it in. If it was just a ten, you would be like, well, everybody gets yeah, not as much. Then it's just like just take the top ten right now, right? Like which is a great top ten, and it's also not like like everyone has like pros and cons. Yes, and so yeah, like I like. I, I think like Alana and Rachel can both get in just because like their films are stronger than everybody else's really. So like, if you look at the list, player. it's hard to argue that anything other than that. I think like if you were ranking the movies, certainly by like the re- response, critical response, I think the top three would be like West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, Lost Daughter and Parallel Mothers, I guess would be four of, from like a movie standpoint of like what people have really liked. Yeah, and and like Lost Daughter is more like like highbrow, like yes. arty, you know? Um, so. And then all the other ones have like, you know, I mean, Spencer has proven to be polarizing, which I think we all, we kind of expected. Yes. Uh, we, Nicole, uh, being the Ricardos, the reviews this week, uh, less than kind, Joyce, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah yesterday, we're, today's Wednesday. So reviews for being, uh, being the Ricardos and Don't Look Up came out yes. yesterday. Uh, yes. big, big day on December 7th. Yes, uh, not the greatest, uh, not the greatest response to either of them. And as I think we were saying on Slack, not a, not a major surprise. No, not a surprise at all. Cause even, I don't know if like people 
like conflated like the initial like uh, social reactions to like Ricardo's because it was a lot of like, wow, Nicole's actually great. But like the film itself, like there were still like reservations about it. It wasn't like this is a best picture contender, like top three, you know, like it could win. It was kind of like this is Aaron Sorkin's best film yet that he's directed maybe like there were still like reservations about it and like I think it was like tacitly understood if you like read between the tweets that if it were to get into best picture it would be like a bottom dweller you know like nine ten or something right I I so, still think it could be a strong uh, I, I was I, like, it's still like sag friendly and <laughs> you know I and like we also talked about like how like Sorkin is not like the best director. Like I do think like this is his best effort. And I actually prefer this to his previous two films. Like I think this is better than Chicago seven. I enjoyed it more and Chicago seven had better reviews. And I felt like it was like, just like a mediocre movie. And it was always funny to me last year that people were trying so hard to make it happen as like the alternative to Nomadland. <laughs> Me, this, yes, this idiot was trying to do that. Uh, I love Chicago 7. I also love being Ricardo's. I'm a full Sorkin stand. I would say that the one reason I actually think it'll, it could do well and better than people think and be one of those, like, you know, I could just see the eye rolling tweets from like the film Twitter uh, elite uh, when it gets like seven nominations or something on Oscar day, Oscar nomination day is that Sorkin like continually works with like incredible people. So like his below the line, collaborators are awesome it's daniel pemberton it's alan bumgarden it's jeff cronoweth like the production design is amazing i actually think the people who he's working with are so respected that they could sneak in like one or two nominations there very easily i think i I really could see that happening i could see production design or score or editing for this just because like i think those people are really well liked and then that would get it in for picture and then at least nicole at the moment i think i only have nicole in um, I feel like Nicole can still get in. Um, I think she's still going to win. I don't, I really can't. I mean, it's, she's so good at it and it's like, I don't know. I just don't. I still have her in first. Like I'll support her. Like, you know, you have to keep it interesting. I also, I'm just like, I don't know who else. Like, I just don't believe. I think if you were from a, while the reviews for Spencer were certainly better than the reviews being the Ricardo's anecdotally, I would just imagine that there's more goodwill towards being the Ricardos within the Academy than Spencer probably, or at least it's more like liked, I would say broadly. Um, I, I feel like like Ricardos are probably appeal more to like older voters, right. you right. know? Um, and so that's why I could see it, you know, depending on the the composition of the SAG nomcom, like I could I could see it doing I could I could see this just based on like the react the reviews, not reactions, because like they're different things too. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to be the same right. <laughs> either. Um like this could just kind of be like like a trumbo trajectory. Like re- remember Trumbo? And like that played well at SAG, it got into ensemble at SAG. And then at the Oscars, it was just Brian Cranston. I just you know? think this is so much better than Trumbo, though. It is. Know. It is. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it is better than Trumbo. But, like, I could see that being... Because, like, no one was, like, super excited about Trumbo. I don't think it was, like... I don't think it got, like, a lot of pans like Ricardo's did. I didn't I didn't read it in reviews, but it, that was just, like, the, the sentiment I was gathering. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, like, I don't know. Like, we were saying... I, not to be too uh, too conspiratorial, but I'm like... Aaron Sorkin, not the most uh, 
not the, there's not a lot of like rem, there's not a lot of goodwill for him let's say sometimes in he's, some he's corners. not he's not the most popular figure at the moment yeah right so i'm like i think and also like you were saying i think like chicago 7 got really pretty solid reviews. And I always wonder when critics give something like, and I think we see this, and we'll talk about Don't Look Up. We could talk about that too. Their reviews were similarly negative or mixed negative, I guess. When the previous film is given not a pass, but like gets like solid reviews. And then like maybe the longer it's in the conversation, the more people are just kind of like rolling their eyes at it. When the next film comes out, they're like going to be sharper elbowed towards it. I mean, we I saw that with like, yeah, I don't know. I could just so I think with like Vice, people like it had solid reviews, but I think if he, you ask people about it now, they would be negative on it. Uh, Vice was like very polarizing. It like, was. I remember, like I I went to the first reading of that, and I I just remember like there were so many people who like loved it, and like so many people who like hated it, and I I think the embargo on that was like pretty late too. Right. So, but. And, then, and like we talked about this, what was like two weeks ago when we saw Don't Look Up, like I expected the reaction to still be mixed for Don't Look Up. Like I, I like Don't Look Up more than Vice, but yeah. it's still not everyone's cup of tea. Like his style is just not right. Like and completely accessible for everyone. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I can see that. I was I, I don't think it is either. I, I greatly enjoyed it too. And I was not surprised by the negative views at all. And I don't think no. they really matter any at all in the grand scheme of things. So I'll be curious to see, I guess, if, uh, I don't know, I'll be curious to see if people like kind of start moving these movies down in their predictions. Like, so let me see. I have don't look, I still, I mean, Nicole is still second to Kristen and let's see where, uh, don't look up. I'm scrolling. What a thriller, a thrilling thing. Uh, McKay is seventh in director. I still have him in myself and the movie is Vice got eight nominations. Right. And the movie is eighth for best picture, which I think is still a solid. A yeah. Solid I think, movie. I think don't look up can still get into picture. I don't know about Ricardo's. Um, and well, what would you drop? Let me ask you this. What would you drop? Here's the, here's the combined odds right now. How are the dog, which was a, a, a massive success. It seemed for Netflix uh, this week when it was out. And I think it had like, I saw they had like 25 million hours watched or something whatever their metric is it's uh i think they tweeted yesterday it was like their number one global yeah hit which is like uh, i don't again, know what that, it's just words whatever it means words. just incredible to think that like more absolutely more people have watched this movie than probably any of gene Kemp. like you know what i mean it's just as wild to me that well like her entire movie. filmography is on netflix right now right so that's like kind of yeah. cool right like if you think about it. anyway power of the dog number one combined odds belfast licorice pizza three dune four still King Richard five, West Side Story six, Nightmare Alley seven, Don't Look Up eight, Tragedy of Macbeth ninth, which I don't have in, Ricardo's tenth, and then you're looking at Coda, Tick Tick Boom, Spencer, House of Gucci are like the last. Should I put House of Gucci back in? <laughs> so that I I gotta tell you, I actually put uh, Tick Tick Boom in myself. It's a so, lot of a lot of affection for that movie. <laughs> yeah, I um hmm. Should I, should I put Gucci or Tick Boom in? I already have Coda in. I actually dumped Coda and and Gucci for Tick Tick Boom, and I actually put Nightmare Alley in in tenth because I felt like again, just the, the amount of crafts. It. It, it really is gonna. I think like I do think there's like a world where it gets in. Uh, the crafts are just impeccable, and it could get yeah. like six or seven craft nominations. So I think if it has, it's that just many, like it's 
kind of hard to, cause it's, it's different this year because right. it's a solid 10 now that like in the previous years for best picture, when you're nominating, you only list five. So now because it's a solid 10, you list 10. So it's hard to get, I think it's easy for everyone to list five. Like we talk about this with the Emmys too, cause they have an unlimited ballot nominating for the Emmys. So I think everyone can list their like top three or four favorites mm-hmm. or whatever. But then when you have more space, it's like, what are you going to fill it out with? Cause like no one like truly loves 10 movies, you know, like right. you have, like well, I think when you end up, favorites. I would wonder, I wonder if I was me, I would be like, so I would, I would say like tick, tick, boom, then probably could get in because I think it has enough passion where people are like, I love this movie. I have to put 10 movies on. I'm going to put this on whether, you know what I mean? Whether or not I have it in other places, it might only get one other nomination with like Andrew, Mm -hmm. but I think that like, there's enough passion for it. And Nightmare Alley, I think people are just going to be really respectful of because of all the crafts and obviously the filmmaking prowess. So those are my two. Coda would be great. I I just felt like I've been stumping for Coda for, for weeks. Are you you like like, losing hope in Coda? I am a little just because I feel like I I wish it would have gotten more critical recognition. Obviously there's still time. I mean, I feel like it definitely needs like a big pop at some point, we, whether it's like best picture from the LA critics, which I don't think would play because I feel like that's like going to be licorice pizza, which just seemed like logical or like, a, you know, like a SAG not, ensemble nomination with like another nomination. I could, I could see getting to SAG. If it got in with SAG and like Amelia got in in best actress somehow or like Troy Kotzer and best, you know what I mean? If there was like two nominations from SAG, I think that would really help get it back in the conversation. But otherwise it just kind of feels like people aren't talking about it enough, though I guess we're talking about I, it. Yeah, right I think I think part of that is because like it was on Apple. Like yeah. I think it would be completely different if it were on Netflix. But I like I think we've talked about this. Like I like we don't know anyone who who's seen it who hates it. Right. Like, Everyone likes it. So yeah. Like, so I feel like if you're trying to so the reason I put it in is because I feel like if you're trying to fill out the 10 and you're because like me, I would just like if I don't have like 10 films, I'll probably just move on and like list my five and like move on, you know, but like some people do fill out the whole thing. And I think like, even if that's not your favorite film and you're just trying to like think back on films that you watched this year that you enjoy, but were not your favorites. Like I think Coda would fit that profile more so than, than like a polarizing movie, like don't look up. But maybe that's already in like your top five, you know, right. you that's like, the thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like we had said, I think there's going to be like at least a couple of really good movies and like that don't get in. Also, are, like, remember oh. the last time they had like 10, it was, they had extremely loud and incredibly close. <laughs> so we were saying, I was saying to you, I posited recently that like, I, I greatly enjoyed all these December, like there was no, uh, of these like late run movies, I was like, Oh, there's no extremely loud in here. But based on the critical response, you would say there's multiple extremely louds in here. So I wonder uh, what, which of those extremely louds will end up getting in. I don't know. I think both. It's it's just, I mean, so like of these like late breaking films, the only one that, you know, kind of survived, I guess you could say is West side story. Like everyone agrees. Right. That's a great movie. Yeah, that and, one has gotten the peerless reviews. Yeah. And uh and no no seeming uh, backlash at all to it. Yeah. And a lot of goodwill for Steve Spielberg. And, and I, I guess you could say even like before that, or like when it, like we, you know, we said this last week, like people were like skeptical about it when it was announced. Like, why are why are they remaking this? You know? Right. So I think like right now, like with that movie, it's just like 
people like might be hesitant to predict it to win because it will be an, a best picture winner again, like the yes. same title, you know? I d- I've definitely been hesitant to put it up. I still have power of the dog winning. I also, I'm not yeah, sure. I played West Side Story in second last week. I have it in second. Uh, like, I, I really liked it. And I, and I put my boy, Mike Feist in to supporting actor. <laughs> same. So I have him a, a hot second place behind Jared. I think I think I'm going to put Ariana in first in in supporting actress. Actually. I still have uh, Kirsten in supporting, uh, but I have Ariana I and Rita Moreno in there as well. Yeah, I have Ariana and Rita in. Uh, let's briefly do supporting actor or Joyce. You mentioned Mike Feist. 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 I got Feist. Feist. I'll get it right. It should, it's it's Feist. like a time heist. Like time heist. like Jesus Feist. He deserves Jesus this. Feist. Time heist. Got yes. it. Okay, great. Mike Feist <laughs> got him in second. Put Cody Smith McPhee, New York Film Critics Circle, uh, supporting actor winner in third. Jamie Dornan and uh, Kiaran uh, Hines in in fifth. I have I have both both Belfast boys getting in. I still think there's a world uh, where that definitely happens because they're both very uh, likable. But that means I don't have our ba- our, our buddy Ben Affleck in. And I got to say, there's definitely been a renewed push on social media, at least, to remember that. The last there, there's been a I think it's a the movies on like VOD it's like number one on iTunes I, I think. was looking I was like yeah. I really do want to watch it again I was looking and it's like 20 bucks I was like I'm <laughs> gonna wait till it drops I've seen it it's great I, I can wait to spend more money on it uh but yeah I'm very excited to to, to watch it because uh again because the Ben performance is great and that two minute clip of him on Twitter what a hoot oh my gosh it was just like like they if he gets in, they should just play that like for his clip, was, the whole thing. I was like, we talk about this like literally every week, the whole thing and like kind of like really picking over the, the minutia of the awards race and stuff. And I'm like, everyone does seem to like his performance and like enjoys his acting. And I think maybe in the end he will get in just because like it's almost undeniable that he's like good in it. And I think he does have goodwill amongst, you know, people who would be in the Academy, uh, you know, and obviously now he's got Ben goes through ebbs and flows. It feels like on social media where people are like really into him and then also sometimes not into him. I think, he's I think, you know, a, now that like Ben Affer is back, it definitely feels like we're in a great time for him. Yeah. Like, I know, feel like we're like early two thousands again, which yeah. is like my favorite time. And I'm like, it is it's the always kind of, the year 2000 in my mind. So it, it is the kind of scene stealing performance that like supporting actor was probably made for. And like, I mean, again, it would be tough. It's tough to find room because this category is so crowded. And like, it, very, it's not that it's tough to find room. It's just like, it's very chaotic. Chaos is the right word. It's like, you could find any number of people who would get in. Um, so, so here's, here's what I realized about this category last week after yes. I saw West Side Story and I was like, I want Mike Feist to win. Yes. <laughs> and, um, like the past three years, the winners in supporting actor were co-leads. Right. And, and I know um, some people felt that like Sam Rockwell and Three Billboards was a co-lead. I don't think so. He's probably like borderline, but supporting completely fine. Like that was Francis's story. But anyway, definitely the last three years, Mahershala Ali, um, Brad Pitt and Daniel Kaluuya. And I think in those years, it made it very easy to like, <clears throat> you know, just target the front runner, um, especially because like, you know, you know, it's like they, they could, it's like category front. I don't care about right. category front, whatever. Right. Do what you need to do. I know, do what, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. But like people, I like I, it, ID them and it's like, 
they're going to be front run, they're going to win. And it pans out that way as well. Also like, you know, their films are strong, whatever uh, other factors. And then the other nominees in their fields, like it, it was like easier in a way to fill them out. Um, but I feel like because like you had that anchor with like those co-leads there, right. it made it so much easier to like, look for like the other contenders. And like two years ago, we had that five locked down in like October. Cause mm-hmm. it was like Brad, like a uh, double Irishman, uh, Tom Hanks returning finally <laughs> after like 19 years and uh, Anthony Hopkins. Right. Like that, that was a very easy category to nail down that year. I don't think like anyone talked about that category for like months, you know? No, it's not uh, like Brad was going to win from like September 1st. Yeah. And, and then it. last year it was just like, who's going to get that fifth spot. And it was right. Lakeith, which no one expected because there, there, there was even, no lead in Judas, right. clearly. And also, like, even Daniel Kaluuya was like an obvious winner from like once that movie started. Yeah. Starting. And even like that movie was delayed because of COVID. Right. This was right. come out in August 2020. But right. anyway, we don't we don't have like a category fraud. I'm doing air quotes like a uh, co-lead this year. And like they're they're true supporting performances. And you have like basically a glorified cameo from Bradley Cooper, who I just put back in, actually. <laughs> I take it. I took them out somehow. It just is like, it's a wild. Yeah. They're all actually supporting like none yeah. of even, you know, Jaron and like Cody Smith McPhee, I guess. And like, uh, they're all like not in, they're just not in the movies. They're, they're, not they're like, supporting performances. Yeah, it's, it's like hilarious that this is like a legit supporting year. And that's why I'm like, yeah. maybe, you know, we get Ben in. I don't know. He, I, I wish the movie were coming out now or like in November. Like I think the October date was bad for it. And then it bombed box office wise, which uh, like, again, I don't think that is the end of the world. Just like, I don't think bad reviews are the end of the world because it's just a factor in this whole like cocktail of things to get nominated. Um, But I think it is good that, you know, people are discovering the film now that it's out on COD. Yeah. And, you know, I, because also remember when it premiered in Venice, right. In like September, like it got like pretty tepid reviews and then everyone was kind of like, oh, this is going to be bad. And that was already like the sentiment, like when this movie was announced, because it was like, why are like Matt and Ben yes. writing a rape movie? Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. Um, but then like as it got closer to release, like it got positive reviews and people who saw it, you know, liked it. And I I think that's that's the thing now. Like if you watch it, like most people uh, like it and the performances and and like I think most people also agree it's the better Ridley Scott film of 2021. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's true. And I think that Ben is just he pops off the screen in the movie. He's got he has so much fun and it's such a great role for him. And it's also like something we have, you know, like when we did uh, remember like seven years ago when we saw the Tender Bar and after the movie. Yeah. Uh, George Clooney gave this, he was doing a conversation. He was like, or maybe it was either that or when they did another premiere, he was basically saying uh, that, uh, you know, Ben had not had the opportunity to play the kind of character that he does in Tender Bar. He's excellent in the Tender Bar. I still maintain that he's really good. Ben, it's like a great performance, great role. Uh, And that's true, but I'm like, he's also never really had a chance to be so uh, like he is in Last Duel. I think he's played bullies and like bad guys before, but like, this is so preening and he's so hilarious and just like, it just is, it is a delightful performance uh, for Ridley. I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder, like you said, I think people are going to want to check it out because maybe they missed it in the theaters and 
they will be pleasantly surprised because it's actually good. And, you know, maybe they're expecting it not to be. So I could see. And plus, I wonder, I always wonder, like, does it, while the box office matters, clearly like, you know, Ridley taking a stand, Ridley just out there on the war path, telling people to F off. Oh my God, stuff. this press tour. Amazing. Incredible. First of all, how is it still a press <laughs> tour for last duel? He's still doing press for it, which I think is remarkable. I assume for like VOD or international. I don't even know. I think, <laughs> I guess, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, him out there being like, F millennials for watching on their phones, which is so like, okay, nonsensical. It's, it's Gen Z, you mean? It's, Gen Z. It's totally, totally nonsensical. But I'm like, <laughs> I think there's going to be a faction of like people in the academy who are like, hell yeah, Ridley Scott, speaking truth to power, or whatever, whatever we think of power now, whatever we do. And, and I'm like, maybe that alone gets like a goodwill towards last. Year I know. I mean, like last year, like the crafts are also great. Great crafts. It could, it could honestly get like a few nominations. I, yeah. I don't know. I. I I, like, I did have like it in there like early on after seeing it in like some of the below the line, but I've too. since dropped it since seeing other things. But right, same. like I would love to see it nominated below the line if like if Ben can get in. Like, I mean, so like who knows? I don't know. I would love for that to happen. Uh, so keep keeping on, keep on keeping on for 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 Ben. Uh, let's see any anything. So West Side Story that's out this week also. A lot coming out this week. So Ricardo's yeah, West, West Side Story hits theaters. Yes, this week. So Ricardo's and Don't Look Up are in theaters this week before coming to Amazon okay. and Netflix, respectively, at the end of the year. Uh, so I don't think people will we you know they won't be reporting on those box office figures. Let's say Netflix and, and Amazon. I don't think they usually do that. No, but I I imagine after like Don't Look Up hits Netflix, it'll be like their like global like holiday hit or something. Yeah. I, I imagine like, whatever if, metric they, they yeah, want to make <laughs> If 30 million people engaged with the uh, power of the dog, I imagine a Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence movie will find itself yeah. highly, highly trafficked uh, over Christmas holiday. I, I would imagine, even though it's not very, not a super heart warmer. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. I picture people sitting down and watching on Christmas Eve, like, Let's it's it's a comedy. Movie. It's not just comedy. It's going to be great. Just sitting there, just blank face in the last half hour, which is so dark. Uh, but that'll be fun. I think that'll be that'll be good. Listen, good it has time. it has those uh those uh two credit sequences. Too. Oh yeah, it does end on a comic yeah. note, but not not totally. Uh, uh no, but I, I'll be curious. I think that'll do really well for sure. And I think you know, I'm from using Amazon a lot to watch PBS Kids. I know that they really love to. Uh, promote their their big releases on the homepage. And I imagine being the Cardos will have like a dominant presence on the Amazon homepage for, you know, most of the, the over Christmas holiday, basically. It comes out, I think, December 21st. That one, I could see a lot of people being like, what are we going to watch with mom and dad or, you know, grandma and grandpa tonight? It's after. like, I grew up with I Love Lucy. Yeah, I think, I think that'll do really well. And I think that's good. I mean, I don't know. I think people watch these movies, which is kind of cool. I, I do still think that. But West Side Story out in theaters this week. Uh, so yeah, I put I we, I got four actors in for West Side Story. Joyce, I went yeah, deep. I have I have three. <laughs> so I put Rachel in for for actress. I just think that like, I would like to put Rachel in. I don't know who I would drop though. Like, do, do I drop? Category. Category. I just think she's like. I guess the argument would be a. Natalie Wood probably would have gotten nominated for Maria, but she had Splendor in the Grass that same year and was nominated. And also, and she was dubbed. So it's like this. Rachel is obviously a very accomplished singer. I think she's great in the movie. And like, I don't know. I just feel like 
people are very excited about her performance. It just is like kind of undeniable. So I feel like, again, since people like her and the movie that she would get in. And then I have, uh, I have Mike Feist and uh, Rita and Ariana both in. And I, I still think that could happen. I don't know. Yeah, I have the three supporting and I just put Ariana in first. <laughs> wow. She's so good. Listen, I'm, I'm like, Anita, like even like what, like three months ago, we were talking about this. Like Anita is a great role. You know, it's, the best. it's such a great role. It's, um, it's and undeniable. She kills it, like amazing. Like they, they really kind of like fleshed out that uh, relationship between her and Bernardo and um, they, they opened up like the America sequence, like took it to the streets, like literally and not the rooftop, um, like in the original and yeah, like she crushes it's, it. Like I, I, and I've always said, you know, like, this is like not a slight on like Maria or Tony or like Ansel and Rachel, but I've always like enjoyed like the supporting characters in West Side Story more. Like, so great. I mean, I've, I've never seen the, the stage production, but like, yeah. I remember watching, the 61 version just being like, yeah, like I care more about supporting characters. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also say like, Ariana, like Rita, Anita is such a tricky part too, because at the end you actually have to buy, I mean, the, the story is so absurd. <laughs> no, no offense. Like, but it's just like, you have to buy that. Like Anita is going to be like, Oh, Bernardo died. And then, uh, <laughs> no, again, I'm not, this is West Side. It's, 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 yeah. And it's based on Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> uh, so Bernardo, Bernardo, <laughs> Bernardo died. And, and she's so mad at Maria, obviously for like c- knocking over dominoes that caused this to happen. And then in like one song has to like forgive her and understand her perspective. And I, th- it's like, boy, like that, obviously. And like, I don't know. I just thought that scene is so great. She really sells it because I think at that point in the movie, you, you're watching and being like, how are they going to do this and make this seem logical as a viewer? And they do it in the original also. But I'm like, in this version, I was just so impressed with her in that scene uh, with Maria uh, and Rachel. So I don't know. I have her. I could see her winning. It would be so wonderful. I love that. But I also what if Rita wins again. <laughs> just like <laughs> That would be so iconic. Just, it's like imagine winning six years later for the same movie <laughs> it's just ridiculous it would be totally ridiculous but i think the moment is so we've talked we talked about this like when we talk about west side story the moment uh would be so incredible that it's almost hard to imagine them passing it up but i guess we'll, we shall see um what happens there uh joyce anything else before we move on to uh the Critics Trace TV nominations. I have to pull. Do you have that up? Because you could you could pull it up. I'll pull it up. Um, the list. I don't let. Let me pull it up. Yeah. And also the, the movie uh, nominations are on Monday, but TV is already out. Yes. And then uh, this we have to talk about Succession before the finale. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, and for once, you and I have not. You have not seen ahead. So no, because they're they're not sending the screener early. So first world problems. I have to watch it live. <laughs> it's great watching it live, though. Uh, Joy, so what do we got here on these nominations? Do you have it up? I got to look. Okay, wait. See. I have... Um, hold on, hold on. I need I need to pull up the year. Okay. So, Succession dominated. Yeah, um, no, no kidding. Yeah, it got... It got basically everyone into acting except Connor. But it's okay, because he's going to be president, so it's fine. I was not surprised by that just because uh, he's not in it that much this season no and they have a lot of supporting guys so they got like nicholas braun karen culkin and matthew mcfadden and again yes. and then they added jay smith cameron it's basically like all the emmy nominees from last year plus jay smith cameron 
So yeah, Jeremy and Brian back in in lead actor. I I took I put Jeremy on top in my predictions in my of these. Same. He won last time. Um, and yeah, like I like that that you know he has like the performance in in Seven Too Much Birthday. Yeah. You know, and sure, there's a lot of discourse around him right now, which I don't think means anything. Yeah. No. Also, it seems people, the you know, I think people like him more because of that. Yeah, and also I think like that profile was not the New Yorker profile about Jeremy Strong. Like there was not a ton of like new information about his process. Like that was already well known, and I think the reaction to it was more over the top than anything. Yeah, as usual. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. a Twitter a Twitter. Pile Shockingly, Twitter took things. Yeah, to I will say uh, no the way it was presented, it definitely led you to want to have one perspective. I think, which is that he is like a clown, a little. Yeah, like, but like, if, <laughs> but I don't. I, it, it just made me realize that like uh, a lot of even Succession fans, like I don't expect non-Succession fans to like read interviews with the cast, but it it made me realize that like a lot of Succession fans don't consume like interviews with the cast because they've all talked about this and like right. how intense he is. Brian and, like, has talked about that a ton, like even in but, his book, yeah. I, I I've been sending because um, I've been like talking to people about this and and like i've been sending them like the link to his gq uk interview from two months ago when the yes. season premiered and he basically says the same thing like jeremy is very sweet like he he loves him and they just work differently and yes. he's worried about him and he quotes the same olivier hoffman story <laughs> very true i will say also i think there's like a huge generation gap between like what i mean the idea of method acting is probably like silly and like kind of like has him any different it just kind of has lost meaning in a lot. Of, I think when you're talking about it, so I, but like, it is a technique that Jeremy obviously uses and like Daniel Day Lewis uses and blah, blah, blah. But I will say like, I remember in, I interviewed Anthony Hopkins a long time ago, Joyce for the movie Hitchcock. Do you remember that movie? Wow. That was like nine years ago. And uh, I was talking about acting and I asked him about it and he kind of jumped all over the idea of method acting being a joke. He was like, I'm not like one of these Daniel Day-Lewis guys. I, I don't have the actual quotes in front of me, but he was very, uh, he did not take it very seriously. And it sounded a lot like Brian Cox's uh, take on it as well, where it's like, this is a job, I'm just going to do it. And like, I don't need to like go that in depth on it. And I think that's just like Anthony Hopkins is, I would say in the same peer group as, as, uh, as Brian Cox. Yes. And I think that kind of is more about the generational differences between those kind of actors and, you know, between like younger actors uh, trying it out. So, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that profile was uh, a lot of fun and also time to a, a wild succession episode, which I know we'll get to, but I just want to go just to, to finish up on these uh, critics choice. So I have Jeremy, I put Audra McDonald in for good fight for supporting actress over Sarah and Jay Cameron Smith. Wow. Yes. You think you're going to vote split? I do. And I also think since this is again, like maybe reading too much into it, but I was like, so that category is Audra McDonald, Sarah Snook and, and Jay Cameron Smith for succession and Andrew Martin and Christine uh, Lati for evil. So Audra McDonald, the only non, uh, only, only, uh, so yeah, like Su- Susan Kelechi Watson is also, Oh, I didn't scroll down. Susan yeah. let you watch. Okay. Yeah. So two, two solo nominees. Uh, I just feel like the good fight has a lot of uh, critical acclaim and goodwill among it. It does, but like it never wins anything. <laughs> I know, but this seems like a great spot. I actually have a winning Christine Baranski too. I have a two I, wins. I, I, I have MJ winning that, but I, this is, this is definitely Christine's best chance of winning that, that, that category is just like a free for all. 
Amazing um, category. Uh, Christine yeah. Branty, MJ Rodriguez, Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets, uh, Katja Herbert for Evil, uh, Uzo Aduba for In Treatment, and Chiara Oriella for Cruel Summer. In- incredible, incredible picks here. Yeah. But this is the only uh, non-succession drama category here. <laughs> Would you put Sarah in lead? No, I think like supporting is fine. Like I, I think that was all like people continue to debate that. And like for the Emmys in season one, she, she was uh, submitted in lead and obviously did not get, they didn't get any acting nominations. Right. And, and then they punted her back into supporting for season two, which blew up and she got in. So right. I, I do think like the two leads of the show are Jeremy and Brian. Yes. Um, and she, but like, if they were to put her in lead, sure. Like, I'm not, I, I don't care. Whatever. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Maximize your nominations. I don't care. <laughs> Last one of these choice. Drama supporting actor. Who did you pick for Critics' Choice? I'm doing Matthew. Um, I went Kieran. I know. See, this is the problem. Like, this could be an actual vote split. Like, I don't think, like, it will be an issue. For, like, even though everyone loves Jerry, I, I feel like Sarah just has more material than Jay and Jay was also missing from this next episode. Um, but yeah, I could see uh, Billy Crudup, who is the, the only representative of the morning show uh, and he won for season one. Um, I can see him winning again. So I have him in, se- I have him in second thinking the same thing you did. I, I could see him winning also. Uh, but Matthew was so good this season and I'm just like, uh, he was, uh, it's a tough category. I mean, Kieran, I think, has done the best stuff. His, his uh, dick pic stuff this week was amazing. Uh, that dick pic, that truly, truly helped him. Like, just the, the face. Like, every everything about that, uh, like, the elasticity in his face, like, you could just, like, see his soul leaving his body and, amazing. like, everything melting down. Like, incredible. It's truly amazing. I was, I, I texted you, I was, like, literally, like, hiding my eyes and uh, yelling no at the screen. <laughs> Like Toby, are, like are my- you a sicko? <laughs> like Michael Scott when he sees Toby, I was just like, no, 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 oh no. See, okay, and like as I told you, I cared more about that at the end, the dick pics, than I did about whether or not Kendall is dead. <laughs> so let's talk about this. So uh, this, uh, I don't know, spoilers, I guess, I don't know, but like the it aired, <laughs> it aired. It's been talked about. Uh, I think based because of the timing of the New Yorker article, and then mm-hmm. also the way it ends on an ambiguous note, people really were like. Did they kill off Kendall? We had talked last week about whether they were going to kill. And, and I like tried you not were, to like give anything away. You were an incredible, <laughs> an incredible poker face. I was like, oh, I think they're going to kill Jerry off because of what it does for the show. I don't know. I mean, I'm of multiple minds here. My here, let me let me do. Here's what I I mean. Like, if you killed Kendall, he's like we said, he's the co co lead of the show the the first scene of the pilot is kendall right so it's just it's like this is like our entry point into the show so if he gets killed off it would be absolutely shocking i would say like you never rarely would i say is a show killed off its lead character it would be like i don't even know like lost killing off jack like you know what i mean like it just seems like so strange and i know they were going to kill jack in the pilot but like they never did and they wouldn't have until the end so it would be very strange and also to have him die in an ambiguous fashion off screen, basically seems unlikely. That said, based on this episode, they definitely want you to think that that is the only way that he can basically defeat Logan perversely because you have Logan basically in the, uh, 
when Shiv is talking to her mother, she has that whole thing about how like he loves kick. He, she never wanted to get dogs because he's going to kick the dogs until they come. Like that's how he shows that he proves their love because he'll kick the dog and then the dog. Will and then back. Shiv is like, I'm going to do that to Tom. <laughs> exactly. So Shiv is like her mother, but then like Ken Logan does that with his kids. And we see that over and over again. They actually literal, like literally verbalize it in this episode. And he's, he's done that time and again, like pulling the rug out on Shiv over and over again this season, what he's done with Kendall, like dangling the out and then like pulling it back blah, blah, blah. So the only way for Kendall necessarily to perversely prove that Logan is wrong would be to unfortunately uh, be not alive. And so I think there's a great amount of drama that they could uh, set up by doing that. That said, I don't know if it's worth doing because I just think the show would be so different and it's not the kind of show that does that. So I'll be curious to see how they like back out of that. Yeah. I mean, they definitely want you to think that he could be dead um, with the the promo for the finale which is very super madman-esque yes. it's basically just like shut the door sit down you know i was i was actually not going to watch it and then it came across my feed and i was like it, it tells you on. nothing <laughs> it shows you nothing and it's a lot Absolutely of like nothing. stern faces yeah that being it. said in like the the season long trailer preview at the beginning of the season there is like a scene in italy between connor and kendall that we have not seen yet that could also be cut because they've clearly cut a lot of stuff. And there was also this scene, like you were mentioning, in the New York Mag uh, Vulture article, there's a whole scene where like Shiv is giving some kind of speech. and Yeah, with the four siblings. Yeah, which I I assume is that that, that, from which that clip of Kendall and Connors. But anyway, I... I do agree. Like, I, I I understand both sides of the argument of whether or not he's dead, because, yes, you could say, like, there's nowhere left for him to go. Like, it's like Tom just says, like, he always takes L's and Logan right. never taken an L. <laughs> you know, that, that dinner conversation. First of all, just like Logan, again, kicking I, poor Iverson. Like, l- let, me, let me have you test drive this Amazing. possibly poison mozzarella. Amazing. 90% probably not poison, just like the donuts. But anyway. Um, that was just like heartbreaking. So I could, and you know, he is an addict. Naomi's not there to like literally pull him back from the edge, um, of the pool. And you know, he's, his kids go inside. So yes. And he drops the beer bottle. I, I can see him dying. And, uh, and the argument that like, it would set the show in a different direction. Sure. Um, but I just go back to what Jesse Armstrong said in that same vulture story about like how he doesn't believe people can change. And like, this is like, the show is not about people changing in that way. And like, he thinks that like, you know, you show people growing and like, it's easier to do that. Like in a movie, like you get that like catharsis over like two and a half hours or whatever, but like over a show, he, like, he likes, kind of it's not stringing you along but it's just kind of like showing that like these are horrible people and like maybe like they don't change and so like to me like if Kendall were dead I don't think that would change so much like I think like like for like regular people you know like like average Joe's like oh my god this is like catastrophic like it'll change the dynamics of our relationship and blah 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 and like everything but I feel like they would just be like oh he's dead and then like right I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I'm like, I like, uh. and, and like, okay. So like, remember like better call Saul, like right. they spoiler alert killed off Michael McKean's character. And then yes. season three, you know, that, that was like an inflection point for Jimmy 
on that show on his way to becoming Saul. But we know like that show is about him breaking bad and like going to the dark side. We know that from the beginning. And like Jesse has literally told us, like he doesn't think people change (laughs) on the show. I guess I'm like also how many more seasons of the show do we think there is? I would say max five. Like it's already been made for four. They did not say that it's the fourth and final season. Correct. So maybe five, max six, but probably five, right? Like I think they even or like, or like they'll do five, but do the the split season the split thing, long so season, over right. two Emmy cycles. <laughs> it it does feel like that's what it, we're tracking towards. So it's like okay, that's a lot of television left, and the show has to be about these these kids like like trying to get out of the you know barrel basically, right? And like keep fighting. And I think if you take Kendall off the board or any of them really uh, this early, that does create a a void of of drama. Even though it would be a great conclusion to the what this season I think has been about, um, which is like how far, what is the line for these people, and how far will they allow themselves to be drawn into Logan's toxic world? Yeah, right? like and they're like, picked, and will they go? keep keep going back correct so that's and like he tried of, to leave kendall kendall tried to leave so kendall has tried to leave we've seen shiv like try to leave right at the beginning of the show certainly she was like out then coming back in and then like trying to like win and now thinking like she could like be the top and using like roman her trying to like girl boss jerry girl no <laughs> it's like we've seen them all try to like do this i guess i mean i don't know i i obviously like this is why they're the Succession is the best show on TV, I'd say. And like the writing is so good. I'm like, I don't really know where it's going to go, but I guess that's why they're doing like, that's why they're in charge. So I'll trust that they are are going somewhere or, or coming somewhere. Not that these people need to change, but I'm like, I will be curious to see, like, it does feel like Kendall has been, even if this is just a red herring and like, he's alive and like, whatever, it does feel like he's been completely marginalized. And like, how does he get out of this current cycle that he's in with Logan? And I don't actually know what the answer is to that. If he's not yeah, dead. But you would say like, it's probably death. Like he, 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 he said like, I'm out, like you win. And like, Logan's like, I, I like, I want to keep you close. And right. It's yeah. strange. It is strange. I'm like, it is like, what is I guess like do? the only other thing, like the only other card he has left is like the murder, the cover up the waiter. So that would be the one thing. Does he confess to the murder? But then, it, then- that like, if that happens in the finale, then it's just like, the season two finale. It is like the season two finale. So that would be the issue. But that unless, is like unless he other. doesn't expose, unless it's like about him like cleansing his soul or whatever. That's a terrible phrase. But like of like, you know, he's like guilt-ridden, unless like he doesn't expose anything about Logan covering up. Like if he just says, like, it was me. I well, yeah. Does he take the person? I guess that would be the yeah. other option. Does he take the personal response? That would mean because like that's him. his thing too. Like he's <laughs> like, I don't think like Roman and Shiv are like complete delusional that they're good people, but Kendall keeps saying that he's a good person. A good like person. he literally says it to Logan at the dinner table. Yes. And at the end of the season, he thinks he's like the savior, you know, like he's so like high this- on his supply. Right. So like so it's it- just him admitting that he's not like, a good person. I am, yeah, I'm I'm doing a good thing here. So if he's not a good, if he admits he's not a good person, is that the arc for Kendall then this season? It could be. And then does he, if he confesses to the murder or the manslaughter or whatever it's going to be, does he just take the responsibility himself? And does that show that he's like, you know, moved on? I do think one reason why he wouldn't be killed off this season is because that is, has remained such a juicy uh, like thing in the background you know, like the death of that waiter yeah. um, and that he ran away from that. I wonder 
if um, they're not going to want to like just if he, he dies, that goes with like and nobody cares that Logan covered it up. Really, I don't. Yeah, because Logan's never going to reveal it. Right. So I think if and they clearly brought that back up in this episode with like the podcast of the Curse of the Roys, and also uh, in the third episode when like Colin was just like staring in the and he's like, I know who I know you. Yeah, <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> Whatever he says to him, he's like, I know you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder, do you think people will be, let's assume he's not dead. Because like I said, like, you're not going to kill him off screen. And it just. I mean, I guess like, you know, like the nanny or the kids could find him and they bring him to the hospital. Right. And, so like, if he's, he's like, not if he's alive not and then dies later. <laughs> I guess that's an option. Or if he's not dead, let's say, uh, does, will people like, turn? will this be the thing that get people to turn on the show? Like, I know there's been critiques this season that nothing's happening and blah, blah, blah. But also people love the show and it's been like, it remains like a, a tremendous critical success. Will people be like, oh, that feels like a cheat. I, ironically, I feel like if they do kill him off, I think that's what's going to make the detractors be like, oh, they're finally doing something. Like, right. They're it's cutting, interesting. It is. Joyce, I know we say this every week. <laughs> Can't we get this into best picture? Is there any way? Can we just change the rules? I mean, there are 10 slots now. <laughs> the last episode is 64 minutes. Maybe the finale is like 80 minutes. Yeah, it's just, almost just a movie. It. Yeah. It's almost it. a movie. 80 minutes would qualify, I'd say. That could work. I mean, that's uh, just what, like, like 70 minutes shorter than Belfast? Yeah. So. It could it could be in. Uh, Joyce, I think we should we should end it there. So you what you let, let you don't think he's dead. I don't either, honestly. No. And, and like, I think I told you this, like that wasn't even the first thing that like crossed my mind in the episode. And then I was like, Oh, I guess he could have drowned. And then I realized like, Oh yeah. Everyone's going to freak out about this. Everyone freaked out about it. Yeah. It could just be like, uh, we've seen that. Like, I mean, like I've seen, you know, an, uh, uh, a man in a pool is a, a very, uh, also, what if or, he's just remember Logan was like, how long was that kid sucking in water yes. for? Maybe he was just trying to, you know, see it, how long it, he could suck a in depressed, water. A depressed drunk man in a pool from like the graduate to like Rushmore. We've seen it a million times. So it's like that doesn't mean those people are down dying or drowning. We don't know how it ends. So yeah, I guess we'll see Sunday night. I'm very excited. I, I get the feeling based on the preview and just how I think the show works, that will not be a immediate. I think the show will open with uh like the wedding. Completely, <laughs> well, either the wedding or like that meeting in the, the, the teaser, there is a clip of uh, Logan and Roman meeting with Ace Cars, right? Mm-hmm. I could see that being like the opening of the episode, to be honest. Yeah. And also, I will say that like the show doesn't pull tricks. Like it's very, yes, like not always like what you see is what you get, but it, it's not trying to be like this like mystery box of a show. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, Joyce, this has been fun. We'll, we'll talk. I can't wait to talk about this on Sunday night. I'll be texting yeah. you. Okay, bye. Yeah. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby.